Running a pet business is no walk in the park. I've been there, done that, and sure have the campfire stories to prove it. That's why Pet Boss Nation created Camp Pet Boss, where you can relax at a beautiful lake, refuel your leadership confidence with our in-person activities, and reignite your passion for the pet business of your dreams with your pet industry peers and trusted experts. Camp Pet Boss is a one-of-a-kind business retreat that mixes conference learning sessions and camp-like activities for pet professionals and their dogs. When was the last time that you got away from your business, unplugged from the chaos, and reconnected with your inner entrepreneurial spirit? And I hope that you heard me, that your furry best friend could be there too. Get ready for the most amazing and unique in-person adventure for pet business owners and their dogs, happening this summer in Lake Delton, Wisconsin, August 27th through the 30th of 2024. Tickets will sell out, and one building is already booked solid, So I want you to hit pause on this podcast and visit camppetboss.com right now to make sure that you have a room reserved. Your ticket price includes all food, lodging, and seminars. Need another reason to secure your ticket early? How about a massive discount of savings of $850 off your ticket? That's right. Early bird pricing is happening right now, but not for much longer. And I can't wait to hang out with you at camp this summer and share all those juicy pet boss stories around the campfire. Get ready for my next guest on this Ask Candace miniseries. She's found a way to mix coffee and canines for a unique experience in the Carolinas. Pet Boss Club member Wendy Rivera of Mudigans is sharing her pet business journey with us. Then we're diving into the topic of recurring revenue, like those subscriptions and memberships you see, so that your pet business can generate reliable cash flow month after month. Welcome to the Boss Your Business Podcast, the show for the local pet business owner. If you have a physical building, carry inventory, have a team, or dream of having one someday, then this podcast is for you. You'll hear honest conversations from pet pros work in the streets of Main Street, where dog business is big business. I'm your show host, Candice Daniolo, the founder of Pet Boss Nation and a pet business coach. I've started, scaled, and sold three successful pet businesses, and now help mentor thousands of pet professionals to see success faster together. I'm sharing my favorite business tips with you, mixed with the latest secrets of what's working now, especially in this challenging world. So if you're a pet supply store, grooming salon, dog daycare, boarding facility, pet sitter, dog trainer, or really anyone covered in fur, let's get started. So my special guest today is Wendy Rivera from Mudigans. Welcome to the Boss Your Business podcast, Wendy. Hi, Candice. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Well, this is really special for me because you are kind of like an OG in the Pet Boss Club. You've been, <laughs> you've been around from our beginning and we also were in a mastermind together. And so yes. it's been fun from my perspective to see um, your evolution in the pet industry and how your business has grown. And, um, and, and I love also, I know our listeners are going to love this. I love um, interviewing you. We we've, we've interviewed you a few times <laughs> on Facebook lives because you bring such amazing wisdom and clarity and I, you're so grounded. I just, I just am so excited to have our listeners get a chance to meet you too. 
Well, thank you. I appreciate that. And yes, definitely, there's been a huge growth curve, not only business-wise, but personally in the past couple of years. Um, I like stepping back and kind of looking at myself in a way. And it's like, wow, I'm, I'm almost kind of impressed. And then I go on <laughs> to the next project, which challenges me. And I feel like, okay, we still need some growing to do here. <laughs> Yeah, well, it does. It all starts with us, right? It does. It's always, you know, our businesses are as uh, kind of successful as the attention that we give to it. And, but we have to start with ourselves first and make sure that we're ready to handle that business, right? That's absolutely correct. I mean, I know, and I learned, thankfully, pretty early on, if I want, if I wanted my business to grow, I have to grow. So Mm -hmm. like, if I want my business to grow, you know, 20%, then I have to grow 40% because it'll be a big problem I think if my business outgrows me it just won't happen right um so if, again I always pay attention to that and see where I'm growing as an individual and as a business owner and a leader um and a community you know somebody in the community that's something that's really important to me yes so let's talk about your pet business Mudigans. Mm-hmm. it is a local coffee shop and pet supply store in Emerald Isle but not just in Emerald Isle you've got multiple locations but I want to hear, I, I know I didn't even do that justice. That's basically like, you know, kind of what Google would say it is. But I want to hear what, how you describe Mudigans. So we're kind of a hybrid and it's something that's unique. But in my mind and a lot of other people's, I guess, it makes sense. We are pet supply stores with integrated pet friendly coffee shops. That's how I like to describe it with the keyword being integrated. Um, Because, I mean, you know, it's coffee and it's it's retail. It's not rocket science, but it's the way that we put it together in a way that's seamless and and works and makes sense. So I like that to use that word integrated a lot. And Emerald Isle, is this a beach? Let me know what it's like. Yeah. So we're in eastern North Carolina and Emerald Isle is part of the Crystal Coast. It's about a 25 mile stretch. It's an island. Like literally the only way on is a bridge at either end or boat. Yeah, because there's no airport. So yeah. <laughs> I guess you can helicopter in, but um and it's it's located, you know, let's like the mainland is Swansboro, Cedar Point. Some people know Jacksonville, North Carolina. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's it's a beautiful beach area, but of which I mean that I'm I think I'm part mermaid. I think maybe my you know, dad in some past life was King Neptune. So <laughs> uh, yeah, it's um and it's called Emma because the water is green. But nice green. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's, and it's a beautiful area, but it's a touristy area. So, of course, that has come with its own set of challenges. Um, you know, I moved here and one of the things I said, I wanted to be a connoisseur of fine sand. <laughs> like that was my goal. Um, and several years later, now here I am with this awesome business that I, yeah. I really love. And it's been fun for the community as well. I love it. So can you paint a picture for us of this location and about how big it is and how much is given to coffee and you say integrated, but what is the experience like if I'm standing outside and looking at your business? So our Emerald Isle location is approximately 3000 square feet of which about 1200 square feet is, is dedicated to the coffee shop and the rest is pet supplies. This building, I'm a little biased, but it is the prettiest commercial building on the island. We have a hundred foot porch on there where we have rocking chairs and swings and tables so people can, you know, go inside, get a coffee or smoothie or, you know, ice latte or whatever they want and some treats for their, their dog or cat. 
and sit outside and enjoy the beautiful weather and the environment of being on the beach, mm -hmm. sit on a rocking chair, one of the swings and, um, and hang out with their dogs there and their friends. So mm -hmm. it's, it's really a community place. And that's what we've tried to create. When we go inside there, one side, we have coffee tables. Actually, we have their whiskey kegs because they're nice and heavy. So the dogs can't drag them away. And we keep games, board games on all the tables because we want to create that atmosphere where people feel comfortable just being there and their dogs are accepted and loved and not, they're not annoyance. I always tell people, you know, your dogs can do no wrong here, quite honestly, because I always know that it goes back to the owner in uh -huh. any case. So now there, there are some children that I would like to say, um, do you mind putting that child on a leash or something like <laughs> that? Or there's a crate over there. I'd be happy to. <laughs> but we love them, too. I yes. mean, I have grandchildren, so I totally know. And they're all accepted. But again, it's creating that environment where they can come with their and I use the word fur babies, right? Because so many people, the, their pets are like their children. So we want them to know that they're accepted. They're loved. This is a place they can come. They can show us all their pictures on their phones with, of their dogs. And we're not annoyed. We'll remember the dog's names. We might not remember the human's names, but, um, and, and so we create that atmosphere. Our motto there is pause and enjoy life. Mm -hmm. And I think being on the beach there in Eastern North Carolina is like the best place to do it. <laughs> yes. Yes. I love that. Thank you so much for sharing. And so then the pet supply side, do you sell food and also? Yep. We're a full pet supply store. So we have food, treats, toys, you know, supplies like harnesses and leashes and shampoos and all that good stuff. We do like to specialize definitely in the holistic. Our big thing is our body parts. So we have a huge body parts bar there. We have a limited line of, of foods just because of the community and the size of the community. Our the population on Emerald Isle is only actually about 3,000 permanent residents maybe a little more now after, after, well, post COVID, but in the summertime with the tourists, it swells to about 50,000. Wow. That's a huge, it's, it's a huge difference. So for about 12 weeks, we're just kind of swamped the whole time. And of course we adjust some of our offerings in the summertime. For example, we bring in a lot of the smaller bags of dog food because mm -hmm. people who come for a week, they forgot their dog food bag or they know they can get it from us, but they don't want the 30 pound bag. Right. So we right. carry the smaller bags. But again, our big sellers there are treats and toys, quite honestly, as far as the pet supplies, because if they brought their dog and they want to, I guess, let the dog have a good experience while at the beach. And if they've left them behind, we have no problem with telling them, hey, your dog really misses you. <laughs> and here's a toy you can uh, assuage your own guilt with for right. not bringing them along. Um, so that those have always been good sellers for us. I love it. Okay. So this is your original location and then you've expanded since then. I have in 2018, we opened up our second location in on the mainland, but about, about 10 miles away or so. That first one was approximately a little over 2000 square feet. And we had added a grooming salon there. Okay. It's, it, it worked out really well because we'd service people again on the mainland and we were able to drive traffic from for grooming from the Emerald Isle location to Swansboro because we're not allowed to groom on Emerald Isle because it's on septic and the health department won't allow it. That's the reason we opened the Swansboro one. And then last year, we actually moved from that 2,000 square foot location to 4,000 square feet. So we actually now have a spa 
the grooming spa, we've enlarged that. And it's aesthetically, it's much nicer than where we used to be. And it's in the downtown area of Swansboro. And it has the same mixture that we have in Emeldal, except that we also have grooming there. I love it. You weren't always in the pet industry, though. No. <laughs> I mean, I've always had a pet. But no, I wasn't in the industry. Actually, I was for 20 years. I was a stay-at-home mom. I have four children now, adult children that I, that I actually homeschooled. And I actually homeschooled them in the rainforest in Puerto Rico. So oh, wow. Kind of, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so you were you were homeschooling in a cool way before everybody had to do it for COVID. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, exactly. I was homeschooling when it was still kind of fringe and people were yeah. asking me if I was baking my own bread or growing my own wheat. And I was like, look, I can teach. I cannot bake. I buy cupcakes. That's yeah. Betty Crocker is definitely not my middle name. But I did it because it was the thing to do then. It was fun. I got to spend time with them. And we were just in a really cool area. There was so much to do there. And it's worked out really well because one of my children now, and but I've also always had, I'm a serial entrepreneur. So I've always had something I did on the side. I did like mm-hmm. you know, reselling on eBay for a while. I had like craft businesses. So one of my, my children, one of my sons is actually my chief operating officer. He's my second in command. And people sometimes will ask about that relationship because it can be difficult to work with family. Mm-hmm. And he answered it one time. He says, my mom has always been my boss because <laughs> like, I've always had a business. So it's like mom, boss, they, they yeah. literally don't know the difference, I think. <laughs> so it's worked out really well. And then I moved back to the States and at, let me see, uh, it's actually, it's been 10 years now, a little over 10 years. I went into law enforcement. I like to say that my midlife crisis was I got a Harley and I became a cop. <laughs> it's, um, I mean, it was a pretty good way to answer the midlife crisis. So I, I was in law enforcement for five years. I loved what I did. My last year, I was a, a school resource officer. And while I did very well and I enjoyed the work, I knew it wasn't really my calling. Mm-hmm. It, business is still my calling because even when I was in law enforcement, I started selling, I started a business selling like non-lethal self-defense products and teaching women, you know, about self-defense, that kind of thing. Then we moved to North Carolina and I had my dog, Maya. She's a Connie Corso. That was my heart dog. I, I've loved all my dogs, but that particular one was my heart dog. And in Emerald Isle, there was nothing. I used to have to drive about 30 minutes away to get her food. Because I wasn't going to buy it at the supermarket. That's not what she ate. And in my mind, I'm like, no, this is not working for me. It is just much easier for me to open a store <laughs> than to drive 30 minutes. Yeah, have to those get distributors bring all that food to me. <laughs> exactly. And get it at wholesale, right? Yeah. I mean, totally. <laughs> yeah. So we opened up and actually we started just a pet boutique on the island. Mm-hmm. We did that for one year. And during that year, that summer, we had a lot of people asking us, is there anywhere we can go and sit with our dogs, you know, and have something to eat? Well, the restaurants in North Carolina, you can have them outdoors. So a lot of the restaurants here have outdoor seating areas for the dogs. But of course, the weather's not always perfect enough to just want to sit outside too hot or rainy or if it's cold or, you know, whatever's going on. So I did some research and started looking around and I realized that I could do a coffee shop and, and allow dogs inside. And I had people question me like dogs and coffee. How does that you know, how's that going to work? Except it made sense in my mind because I've been drinking coffee on a daily basis from the time I was about 16, 17 years old. And I've always had dogs. So every morning since that, the first things I do, you know, it's I have my coffee and I'm either walking my dog or my dog is with me or something. So dogs and coffee to me are two of the best things in life. Having a dog or a pet is a, 
amazing icebreaker to meet people. Mm-hmm. And to me, coffee is a neutral beverage. I mean, coffee or tea, it's, a, it's yeah. a, where you, you know, meet somebody for the first time, you go to a coffee shop. So it made sense for me. I also had somebody ask me one time, you gonna open up a coffee shop on the beach. Does it get hot here? Will people drink hot coffee? <laughs> I, um, I had to think about it. And I said, well, I don't know about anybody else, but I could probably be in the bowels of hell <laughs> and I will still drink hot coffee every morning because that is the only way I function well as an adult. <laughs> Right. Well, and now too, there's just so many iced coffees and different drinks and frozen drinks and all the things. So so yeah. And and I agree with you. Dogs and coffee go well together. I remember living in Chicago and we didn't have a yard to let the dogs out. So we would have to take them on a walk every morning and I would walk them up to the local, you know, coffee shop or to the Starbucks or wherever. And, and it, it was part of our routine. And even when people visited me, I was like, well, let's all go on a walk with the dogs to the coffee shop (laughs) because it was just part of the habit. Exactly. It makes sense. And again, you know, to, to me, having a dog is a very social thing, whether you, whether you do it for yourself, for your own social needs, which I've done in the, you know, I remember having a dog and I had, when I was, I guess I got, I was about 12 years old when I got him and I had him through my mid twenties. And I always say he was the dog that went through my teenage angst with me when I couldn't tell anybody else what was going on in my life. My dog listened to me and it was wonderful. So again, it's providing that space in the community where people can come and just be themselves and, and enjoy a good beverage or a snack and be with their, with their family for their furry family member um, and not feel like they're intruding or, you know, have to kind of hide the dog under the table or it's an annoyance or like if the dog, they, if what they do when they do, if they, you know, mark their territory, we're not going to freak out. We're like, yeah, we got it. No problem. We'll clean it up for you. So it's, it's, and it's been good. It's, it's really neat because, we have had people tell us that they've chosen to vacation on Emerald Isle because we're there. You know, they look up what's in the area and because we have this amazing place where they can take their dogs, that was a deciding factor between Emerald Isle and like Carolina Beach or Topsail. So it's very encouraging because I feel like I'm contributing to the community even more mm-hmm. that way. Yeah. Um, because local businesses, we depend on the tourist trade in that area very much so. Yeah. Uh-huh. Well, the reason you're on today is because we're doing this Ask Candice kind of little mini series. And I went into our Pet Boss Club membership, which you've been a member of for a while. Yes. And and I asked everybody, if you could ask me anything, what would you ask me? And you jumped in and wanted to know more about generating recurring revenue. Can you elaborate on that a little bit? Sure. I, you know, one of the challenges, again, we have two of the two other locations and Swansboro stays pretty consistent. Our newest location, which is in the, in the mall in, in Jacksonville, it's, it's, it's growing also stays consistent, but our flagship, which is Emerald Isle is so highly tourist driven that again, for 12 weeks, it's feast, you know, but we get to later parts of the year, for example, when most retailers are busy in December, we're almost dead. I mean, it's like slow there. And January and February are what I call sleeper months. I mean, you could literally sleep in the store and not miss a beat because everything's been cleaned. Everything has been restocked. Mm-hmm. And you're just waiting for like the three people that will walk in. And that makes it very challenging in terms of cash flow. So I've been thinking about doing something where we have that monthly recurring revenue that'll come in on a consistent basis to take us through those slower times. And we've looked at a couple of different ideas, but we just haven't, I, I just haven't, uh, you know, pulled the trigger yet. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm, yeah, and I'm not sure where it is that I'm stuck personally, because I'll always bring it back to me. I, I haven't pulled the trigger. I don't know yeah. what's 
what's stopping me. So that's okay. kind of why I asked that. Um, okay. Because, and I'll put this out there, and I, I should have said it before, but let me tell you, I remember, Candace, thank you for doing what you do, because when I first started, I didn't know what I was doing. <laughs> it was just kind of a hobby. I was just feeling my own need, but I learned so much through Pep Boss Nation and, and the other members, and I still rely heavily on all the information that comes through there. So when you asked that, I was like, yep, yeah, you know what? This is the place to ask that question. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm so glad you did, because it's a topic that we actually haven't touched on yet on the podcast. So, and I, and I know that a lot of people now with uh, the concept of subscriptions and memberships or clubs, right? All of those are things that can create recurring revenue and recurring revenue can happen weekly or monthly, quarterly, yearly, right? It's, it's thinking about what can we sell and put on autopilot right? What, what can we right. sell and get that customer's credit card number and automatically charge them for that week after week or month after month or every quarter or every year so that it does create more reliable revenue coming in and we can predict how much is going to be coming in depending on the type of membership or subscription that's created, it can be very scalable, right? It's one of the easiest businesses to scale depending on, on right. what type of type of membership it is. So I have, I, I definitely, before we go, I want to share other types of memberships that we can see in, in different types of businesses that may not necessarily apply for yours specifically. But before we kind of go into that, you know, you had said that, well, I guess actually, as we think about it, you have one opportunity here where you've got this tourist area. So if we could create something that is like, like a subscription box, like you said, you had an idea for a subscription box, something right. that you can, you know, that they could be packing or doing or working on even at that during the slow months. But that almost as your whole brand, you could sell that at all your locations and on your website. I think that that's an interesting idea. I actually, I can't wait to hear what you're, if you're willing to share what your idea is, because sure. I love the idea of a coffee subscription with the dog, you know, kind of the, the whole concept of your business married together in some sort of a, a gift or subscription. But you also have then your grooming salon. And you had mentioned that you tried to start something like a bath club and that didn't go over so well with your groomers. So we have a couple, <laughs> couple things I want to dive into about you and your business, since this is your one-on-one -on -one kind of hot seat opportunity. And then we'll um, elaborate more on what our listeners could maybe do for their businesses and how to think about it. Okay. Sounds great. Okay. So which one do you want to start with first? Let's do the bath one first. Okay. Okay, great. <laughs> so we had, you know, I, and I've sat and listened to, there's um, some teachings and I've yeah. read about the bath clubs and I followed and, and I had a whole program where I figured out the sizes and this is what we could charge. And, you know, I had the logistics of it pretty much worked out, you know, on paper. And I, I did all that. I presented it to, at the time I had, well, it was three groomers I had at the time. And the, I mean, I just got negative pushback. They were not happy. They didn't want to participate. I mean, their concerns, I know part of their concerns were they thought they were, they were going to lose the easier bath dogs. They didn't see how it was going to benefit them, even though I try to tell. And I think the pushback was, I mean, it, it wasn't rude or anything, but it was just enough and that I, that I pulled, I pulled it off the, yeah, the tablet. Yeah. I just, I changed my mind and then didn't do it. Because, as most of us know, especially as a non-groomer owner, groomers are, are in such demand and so hard to find. I felt like I didn't want to do anything that would alienate them in any way. Mm -hmm. 
So I just, you know, I, I stepped back and I didn't do that. I still think it's a really good idea. I think one of my challenges is how to present it to them in a way that they would see that it is, that it can be and it is an advantage to them and that it can bring more profitability to the grooming salon um, as a whole. But mm-hmm. basically that it wouldn't take away from their bottom line either. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I hear you. I, I think that you're, you know, other people have probably been in a similar situation where they either wanted to do it, but assumed that they would get pushed back or did come up with a program like that and got some pushback or maybe came up with a program and it didn't work. And then it, the whole thing kind of falls apart anyway. And so one of the important pieces is that we do have to loop in the groomers and have conversations with them, which you did, which was great. And, and, and then I, I like to encourage people to even tell your team, whether it's your groomers or anyone on your team, that we're just, we're going to try this for 30 days and then we're just going to evaluate and see how it goes. And I want your feedback. And this is, we're just going to test this out and maybe it'll work. Maybe it won't, but if it does work, it'll help all of us, you know, make more money. And then if maybe there's parts of it that end up being great and parts that aren't, you know, kind of let them know that we're going to put it through a beta program almost. Right. So if you end up revisiting it, you know, that might be a way to approach it with them. And and actually anything we ever launch, you know, we should have our kind of founding member clients or founding member customers that go through something with us that is a little less expensive than what it might be when we really figure our program out and we launch it. Because one, the customer, you know, the program might evolve, it might change, they're going to go through the hiccups with us too, (laughs) as we're figuring it out. So kind of think about it, like going through that, that beta phase. And then uh, did you give us an example schedule or example revenue potential opportunity? Because I know sometimes when, when uh, a grooming salons and we try to change how either things are scheduled or even add in a bather, assisting them somehow, that it's good to show them some example numbers, like go back and take a schedule the way it was and show them what they did make versus like if we had scheduled it this way and here's some fake you know, potential clients, this is the money you would have made to show them the numbers and compare them. No, I haven't done that, but that's, yeah, I can see where that would be beneficial. Um, again, it's, it's my groomers are of all my team members are the ones that because they are harder to find that I'm a little more hesitant around. Mm-hmm. I mean, not that I'm not, as a leader, that's something that, again, I work on mm-hmm. myself, but um, I could see if I outline for them more clearly or maybe even just have them sit in with me mm-hmm. um, I have one more now who's very she's very professional she's there to do the job very low drama which is great um, I think if I have her she's our lead groomer now if I have her sit with me and maybe have her help me work out the program yeah that would be mutually beneficial yeah And I think anytime, you know, we come up with something new and it's going to impact our team, it is great to get their buy-in, their thought in there, because they're going to bring a different perspective than how we do as well. I mean, I remember when I had my doggy daycare, look, you know, I might think something should be done a certain way. And then, you know, we go talk to the dog handlers and they're like, that's never going to work. Like you're not down here in the day to day with these, you know, living, breathing creatures who, who, you know, have their own agenda here at doggy daycare versus just like what the team wants to do. So, so yeah. And it's good. And and then then people feel like they're part of it. You know, they feel like they're, they're part of the decision-making you could give everyone an opportunity to be part of that meeting or, and then maybe if she's the only one who wants to be part of it, but at least the rest of the team knows that they had a chance and then they're going to trust that their coworker is going to give great feedback to, you know, to you. So, um, 
Okay. Yes. That is just, I'll make sure that we'll, we'll revisit this again, because I believe, like I said, it'll work. We have the customer base, we have the infrastructure for it. Um, and that way, again, maybe just bringing them in the loop at an earlier point, mm-hmm. instead of just presenting like, look at all this great yeah. work that I did in these numbers and aren't these beautiful and we can do it this way and look at these graphics. Yeah. <laughs> as I as I was wont to do very often, you know, as an entrepreneur, you just come right. with these great ideas and you just present them all to the team and think they're going to be as excited as you are. And then they're just like, wait, what are you doing? You're changing our lives. I don't right. Know yeah. Cause change is hard. Yeah. Like change is hard yeah. for a lot of people. And, yes. and, and yeah. And when, and when they're set into routines and they know how to do things, it, you know, it, it's, it can be disruptive. So for, so first I would for sure let them know that this is a trial. You want to revisit it. Let them know it's a trial phase. You're going to test this out. Maybe the people who even sign up for it know that they're part of this test program and, and you're not making a big public statement, you know, you're not like rolling it all out to everybody, you know, maybe you're even hand selecting the clients that you think would be good for this to become part of your bath club. Then yes, meet with your grooming team to get their involvement on the program and then share an example schedule and numbers of like what one payroll period might've looked like now and what a payroll period could look like for them for the next one. And then also add it up for the whole year. Like, so that, yeah, maybe this one pay period, you made 200 more dollars, but for the whole year, you're going to make, you know, 2,400. So show them the total amount. Awesome. I am totally taking notes here. So I should know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, good. It's your hot seat. <laughs> it's your hot yes, seat. absolutely. You know, I, it, it, I make sure it's on paper and pencil because otherwise, again, there's so many ideas bouncing in my head yeah. that I'm like, wait, what was, what was it I was thinking about earlier? Yeah, and, totally. Yeah. Um, I'm a very tactile learner too. I like to hear it, write it, see it. Yeah. And I got to type it. Yeah. Yes. So before we move to the next one, I also with, with bath clubs, I'm not sure how the, the intricacies of how you set that up. And for our listeners, if you want to hear more of the bath club ideas. That's what we teach in the pet boss club. <laughs> so you should definitely consider joining us when enrollment opens soon. So you can dive into some of those materials. Yeah. But one of the things when you, uh, before we move on to the other one is just to think, can this membership or a version of it exist with brand new bather hires? And so it doesn't change your current groomers at all. And so you're, you're hiring new team to do this bath membership, bath club. And maybe if you don't have the space all the time, maybe it's on the days that the groomers are off or on days where the tub isn't really being used. And you might be able to even rearrange current groomer schedules so that it opens up two full days for your bath members, something like that. So there might be a way to. Hmm. That's good because currently the groomers actually don't work on Saturdays or Sundays. So they have the weekends off Okay, they work very hard during the week. But that is a ideal time to to look at that, to address that. That's mm-hmm. a good idea. I hadn't thought about that. Okay. Excellent. And then if you do that, though, make sure that okay. your groomers know that you're yes. not taking business <laughs> away from them, that they're yeah. still going to get some easy dogs. And they, yes. I remember what that was like when my, you know, we tried to hire the baby and the groomers like, but then I'm going to have all the hard ones. <laughs> like, well, you're yes. a professional groomer, but you know, that's no fun either. You know, they, they need the, they need those chihuahuas in between the doodles. So I, I'm not sure if Chihuahua is that much easier. I'm just okay. going to put that out. There. <laughs> <laughs> true, true, true. All right. Awesome. So great. Hopefully that was some good ideas. I helped you there. Yes. Okay, great. Absolutely. Thank you. 
Okay. Now you want to talk about the subscription box? Sure. Okay. So our subscription box is based more on our natural treats, the, the body parts. So <laughs> because I'm in the South and it's, you know, we're, we're true Southerners. I wasn't born here, but I got here as quick as I could. I always like to say we've actually named the subscription box Carolina Roadkill. <laughs> and the reason that we like it is because it is very polarizing right uh -huh. so and the, the graphics that we've come up with it's basically yellow with tread marks and silhouette of different animals and half of the people kind of go oh my god that's so terrible why it's so sad you know and okay but then the other half are going that is the funniest and best thing ever and those are that's that is our target market. But again, we had the box design. We've gotten the domain name. We've done all the, you know, all the back end work. We know what's going in there. I even have a list of like 12 months worth of, because the idea is that every month would be a different animal. Okay. We just, we just haven't launched it. We've done it in store. We sell them in store and they do very well, especially in our Jacksonville Mall store, because it's right near Camp Lejeune. So all the Marines love to bring this home to their dogs. And we've test marketed in some areas. And again, the people either love it or hate it, which to me, that's a, that's a good business thing because at least they're talking about it. Yeah. We just haven't launched it. Part of the, the holdup was how it was going to be. Um, my second in command wanted to make it fancier and put like a sound card in there. I was against the idea so that we were loggerheads there for a little bit, but you know, I finally pulled the, um, I'm the CEO <laughs> and <laughs> yeah. said, we're going to do it this way. And again, I just, I, I we just haven't pulled the trigger and mm -hmm. it's been sitting on my plate for about a year, probably, actually over a year. Mm -hmm. And it's just kind of there. And I know it'll be successful. I just don't know the next steps to take. Okay. Yeah. So I love the idea and I love the idea of, I mean, the name and I love that people don't, you know, you love it or you hate it because then you'll know for sure who your audience is and you just like lean right. into it definitely is attention grabbing. You know, there's something else I actually really love about it too, is that it doesn't have anything to do with your coffee and dog and mudigans, which, you know, we think about entrepreneurship and, and diversifying revenue streams, right? You know, this, this box could live on it. You know, if you were to grow, it could live on its own. If you were to sell mudigans, like the physical locations, right. you could continue to do your subscription box out of a warehouse or, or wherever you wanted to. Right. Right. Correct. Um, an additional stream of, I mean, it was so, you know, Mudigans would be the parent company kind of thing, but um, exactly. This is something that's somewhat independent of that. Mm -hmm. um, and you could, you know, you could, uh, even if it was still under the same, you know, corporation, you could break that right. part out and say to uh, any future owner of Mudigans that we want to keep this piece, right? It would just change the valuation of the company, but you'd have that option at least, you know, if they were not branded as the same. So whether you do that or, or the coffee idea, you know, there definitely is a huge market out there for subscription boxes yes. and surprise things. And with this one too, you know, you could, you've thought about what's going to be in it, but it doesn't just have to be those body parts. It could be a bag of treats. It could even be a stuffed animal that looks like, you know, the, that is the animal right. of the month. Yes. Um, I mean, I know there's even those skinnies, you know, the dog toys yes. that are flattened out <laughs> that are really flat. Like they can, those yes. can go in the box That's and take awesome. up less space, you know? So You've probably heard of my friend, Sarah Williams with launch yes. your box and how to start a subscription box. So, um, she's where she is the queen of subscription boxes. So for any of our listeners who want to check her out, she has a podcast as well called the launcher box podcast. 
And she has a bunch of, you know, the podcast, the blog, she's got her membership as well. Are you a member of that, Wendy? Um, I was for a while when we first started. And then again, because I was delaying, I I just kind of stopped, but I still follow her on Facebook. Yeah. Um, So the great information. So that keeps it in in my face all the time. Yes, exactly. Well, and like with anything, you know, we can have, uh, we were just talking last week about social media and marketing and it's like, how do we find the time to do it? Well, the only way you find the time to do it is when you actually put it on the calendar and block some time out to like work on this stuff. Right. Yes, correct. (laughs) I think you have all the bones, uh, (laughs) no pun intended to, (laughs) to bring this box to life. And the cool thing is that you can plan these out. Like you already have the animals. I think it would be easy, really easy for you to like think ahead and start to see how many subscribers you you can get in the beginning. And then, um, there are nuances to, to the box and, and, and and inventory. Okay. So like, let's say you buy enough inventory to make 25 boxes for that first month and you try to sell all 25 boxes, but maybe you only sell 20. So you've got five boxes left over a rabbit, right? Then what you can do is those boxes, you made them and they're there, but now you know that you still have your original 20 people who are now going to get the next month, which might be Fox or something. I don't even know. Did they make Fox treats? I don't think they do. But you know, you move on to the next animal and so you've got that 20, but then you know, you're marketing it more and you're hoping you can get another, at least for t- sure 10 new more members. So you, instead of making the 25 boxes, you've now made 40 boxes just in case you sell more than 20. So you might have a little bit of overflow every time. Okay. Then what you can do with those overflow boxes is they can become the first box that a new subscriber ends up kind of getting so okay. that everybody's for, cause you have this back stock is going to compile, like pile up a little bit. Cause you're always going to make more than a little bit more just in case you sell up to that, but you don't want to go too, too, you know, too many over. And then when people first sign up that way, you can kind of send them a box right away, even Yes. Um, that way they're not waiting because somebody might sign up for their box and then have to wait 20 days or longer for their first box to arrive. So I'd set it up where they get their first box. It's from your back stock and then they get added to whenever the next one comes. So the next one might come in two weeks or it could come, you know, maybe four weeks from then, depending on when they bought it. But it's kind of, that's all stipulated at the beginning, like when they sign up for your monthly subscription. Okay. Okay. That works. Yes. That's a good idea. Yeah. My sister has a subscription box for kids toys uh, or kids, high-end kids products. And what she ended up doing is once she started getting all like having excess of some material, she just put it all into an online store. And now what's interesting is that her online store sells better than her boxes. Oh, wow. Okay. So it kind of the boxes came first and generated excitement for what was in the box. And then people wanted to buy more of what was in the box. So she almost used it as a lead magnet kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. Nice. And like with all businesses, we still have to drive traffic to either the website or that wherever we're promoting this membership or through our storefronts, right? We still have to find the people and really advertise and market the thing that we're trying to sell. And then we have to, you know, convert them into buyers, right? There's still the sales pitch just because we built it and we think it's wonderful doesn't mean people are going to buy it. And then it's retaining those customers and keeping them happy and getting their feedback and keeping them excited about the future boxes to come. So no matter what it is that, you know, you end up creating, we, we still need those principles in place, right? Driving traffic, converting the sales and keeping customers loyal and happy. Right. 
We're looking forward to it. I think that's something. I know there's a couple of subscriptions that I get. I mean, sometimes I'll get the, the bill will hit before I get the product. It's like, ah, but then I get the box. I'm like, oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. That's why I still have it. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. So. yeah. And the nice thing about this dog stuff, though, is those dogs are going to love it. They'll know that box. They're going to start to oh, recognize yeah. that box and smell the box. <laughs> you know, it'll be great. And I think it'll make for great content too for repair, like getting them to take the photos with the, or playing with the pet, you know, and getting their yeah. boxes, you know, it's great content for you to repurpose and market to get more subscribers. So excellent. I, I love the idea about it. I would maybe even just set some time out to, for a planning day for okay. to, to revisit your box idea and whatever you can think ahead, think about your content and your boxes, and then think about like timing of the month. Like when, when do I need to pack it? When are we marketing the next box? Like what's the monthly flow? And so you can have a, a planning day and then start to roll it out, you know, cause it gosh, 20 subscribers could turn into, you know, 60 and then could be 300 to maybe a thousand before you, you know, you never know. Yeah. That, that'd be, that'd be awesome. That's what we're yeah. for. I mean, that's, um, it's one of these outreaches. Um, that's what I love giving my dogs for treats. And so you know, I just kind of want to share that, that joy. I see how the dogs react actually like, um, it's usually duck feeder, chicken feeders are number one shoplifted dog lifted. <laughs> dog lifted. Yeah. Yes. yeah. I know. So, and they'll, they'll you know, I, I can see them grab because they have them in buckets in the store. So, and if they can, they start heading right for the door. Yeah. They're like, know what they're doing. They're like, I'm going to sneak out. Get it. Exactly. I love it. I love it. Cool. Well, for our listeners as well, you know, there are all kinds of subscriptions and memberships and clubs that you can create inside your pet businesses. So I just encourage you to think about what's something that your customers are getting from you anyway. Okay. And and what could you then turn into that passive automated income? One of the easiest things, if you sell food and, you know, Wendy, I know you sell food too. So there are platforms out there that let you, you know, if Chewy is putting people on auto subscriptions for food, you know, we can too, right? We can, ask our customers to just sign up so that it's always there. It's always there for them. And all we're doing is getting them to automate their billing. They could still come into the store to pick things up, or you could still do local delivery with it. Okay. Same thing can happen just for all their monthly pet supplies. It doesn't just have to be food. You know, I know you're familiar with a company called Next Paw, um, yeah. our list. Yes. And, and I was just at Super Zoo in Las Vegas this last week, and I got to see their their new, the new platform that they've been tweaking and it's unbelievable. And they have a way for a consumer to go to, let's say a manufacturer, like a dog food brand website and look up on the store locator, a store near them. And through that, even buy their bag of dog food and set it for recurring pickup at that local store. Um, So it's really cool. So if you haven't revisited NextPaw in a while, I would encourage you to check it out because they have now this new function to set up recurring ordering and it'll come into a dashboard for you and let you do that. So, and then our listeners too, if you haven't checked out NextPaw, go ahead and and look them up. We'll link to them in the show notes at petboss.com forward slash episode 41. And you can check that out. And they only work, you know, it makes sense. You have to have a, a, it is for brick and mortar pet businesses, but, but that's a good, good place to start. So food subscriptions, chewy subscriptions. I mean, we could even do nail trim club subscriptions, right? Like getting somebody to come in on a regular basis for their nail trims um, and giving them a price break on that. Dog daycares, you guys could go from a pass system to where they can kind of pay up front for as many passes and use them when they want to a use it or lose it system where it's 
a monthly thing and um, that helps shift dollars for you too. And then anybody who wants to kind of create like a VIP level or an ed- add education, an education piece to your business, you can charge for that and kind of almost do like a group coaching within your business for your customers. So the ideas are really, really endless. <laughs> they really are. And I don't think that any of us should do all of them. We shouldn't do all of these ideas. We need to do the ones that are easy to communicate and clearly communicate so that our customers really understand. And then that we're presenting the thing that they need in that moment, right? We're not just rattling off all our subscriptions (laughs) to our customers. Yeah. Because they say a confused mind never buys, right? A confused mind never buys. Right. Or never pulls a trigger on a good project. Yeah. <laughs> so thank you for clarity. Here. Yes, so. you are welcome. You are welcome. Well, thank you for being here, Wendy. I This has been a lot of fun. And uh, for our listeners, we have our Pet Business Coaching Week is coming up September 11th through the 16th. And we are going to have opportunities for those of you who register for it to get hot seats like this. Uh, They won't be on our podcast, but they will be part of our group experience that week. So if you've enjoyed listening to this and you have a question for me, I would love for you to sign up at petbusinesscoachingweek.com. And then maybe we can uh, go back and forth on some ideas about your business. Sounds great. I'm looking forward to it. I already signed up. Awesome. (laughs) Yeah, I'm looking forward to it too. Our team is actually coming out for it. So Yolanta and Maddie are flying to my house and we're all going to be here together. So it'll be a a really fun, unique experience. And Wendy, it's been great having you. So for our listeners who want to connect with you and see this cool coffee shop and pet supply store, what is the best way for them to find you? On Facebook is the best place. I mean, we have Instagram and TikTok, but our consistent one is Facebook and it's just Muttigans, M-U-T-T-I-G-A-N-S. And the name came from, uh, if you're a golf player, it's, um, you know, Mulligan is a do-over, second chance. Mm -hmm. So Muttigan is a dog, especially one of mixed breed that has been rescued from a shelter or other situation and given a second chance at life. So just look us up there and yeah. Check out, we had a breed meetup today of big dogs. So I just came from a bunch of big dogs hanging out together. (laughs) I love it. I love it. Well, Wendy, thanks for being here again. And I look forward to seeing you in coaching week. (laughs) Thank you, Candice. I appreciate everything you do. (laughs) Bye, everybody. Guys, I'm just so honored that you are tuning into this podcast. And did you know that we've already reached the top 3% of all podcasts across the globe? It's amazing. We're climbing the charts because of our awesome listeners like you. I know there's still pet professionals out there who need to hear all of our doggone good tips shared on this show. Can you help us find them? Now, how you do that is that when you click to follow the podcast or the more you download different episodes, or if you choose to leave us a review, those things will help the podcast get pushed out into the world so that more people who need to hear this will find it. Thanks so much for your support. And until we talk next week, stay focused, stay motivated, and go boss your business.